definitely not wearing my underwear. What are you talking about? I gave you a fresh pair of mine this morning. No, not my underwear. Oh, my boxer shorts have my name and it says Rain. Well, all, right, all right, all right. When we pass the store, we'll pick you up a pair of boxer shorts. I get my boxer shorts at Kmart in Cincinnati. Living in the 80s. Know what only a dollar ninety-nine buys you at Ponderosa right now? You'll get nothing like Swatch. What? Hotweight is dead. Pontiac Fiero. It says one hundred percent guaranteed, you moron. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Identity has brought me to you. But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Gentlemen, it is good to have you back. Woo, it's been a while. It has Ow, been a while. Yes. yes. I took last week off and people had to listen to the best of. Yes. Goodness so gracious. Thank you, John McNeil, for contributing your thing from two years ago to replay today. It was, it was, no, that's a good one, though. That's a good one. So it was it nice. Was. It, it was, was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. Listening to those podcasts from way back then, as the editing improves, I learn more about the software and how to do things. I'm listening to that just cringing. I'm like, oh, how many times did I say um and uh and stuff like that? <laughs> right. I try not to do it so much now. But back then, I did it a lot more often. I feel we were kids. We were, we were just, just. It kids. was a new toy. We you were still just do it. What are you talking Thank about? Thank you. All right. <laughs> but it's it, we. You know, we've come a long way. This polished, beautiful machine <laughs> polished. that we give them every week. Now, oh, and it know? is polished and beautiful. See, mm-hmm. see, yes. mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get started the podcast, I just got to put it out there. Kevin brought his mini bike. Oh, dude. So, so showing off again. Tell, no, tell us about. Tell them about the mini bike. I, I don't want to say I was showing off. The last time I mentioned in the '80s, I was riding my mini bike. He threw a little hissy fit, so I'm like, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> yeah. And then he about wrecked it as soon as he got on. <laughs> but but tell them about. It. You've had this bike. Since I got when? it when I was nine years old, so that would have been 1976. It was brand new uh, from my grandparents. Unbelievable. 1976 Honda Z50 Shut with a. Uh, Maximum weight of 150, and I can say we all <laughs> have wow. surpassed that you weight. You didn't tell me that. I would have I know. Well, had to break I, a sprocket yeah. or something. I did a number on that puppy there. <laughs> I think the frame might be yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> I doubled that capacity. And if Kevin didn't outdo himself enough, he brought us this great pop. Yes, I said pop. Called Hawaiian Sun, which is like a pineapple orange fruity drink here. So nice. Delicious. So yeah, Hawaiian Sun is based out of not Hawaii. Not Chicago. Hawaii, I kid you not. <laughs> Des Moines. And years ago, we went to Hawaii, and it was in the store, and I got this kind of a cool drink. And when we were in Las Vegas a few years back, there's an ABC store that sells them. So we, we took an empty suitcase with us and filled it up. And wow, this was when you could still check stuff in okay. on, the, yeah. on the plane that was liquid. And 50 cans of it in this Oh my goodness! And the security guard said, "Are you thirsty?" <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, and so I, I, you know, I bring him back, kind of have him for special occasions. I felt like tonight was a special occasion. That's it was a special blue. occasion. The boys are back together. Yeah. I had the mini bike tournament. Sweet. That was uh, that was great. Very exciting. Great. Good stuff. And we didn't get together last week because 
You were just getting back from your oh, yeah. Alaskan cruise. Just got back from Alaska. We got it was supposed to be a nice little flight. Get back. It was still been late anyhow, but and turned into a twenty-one hour adventure. Several delays, almost oh, missed wow. flights. Uh, it was ridiculous. Got back at five. 15 in the morning. Mm. I was at work by 6.30. You took a shower, went to work, came you home. You showered. You are kidding me. Yeah, and then came home, and, uh, and, the, and the boss was, oh, Ray Cross, give a shout. It was real cool. He's like, dude, just go home, man. Just go home. Relax. I'm like, oh, man. man. You had to be so I, it, I was, But see, I, I, I took a shower, and you know, at, at the time, uh, the, the doors in the top was off the Jeep, so I ride to work at... You know, six fifteen. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wide awake. I'm feeling good. By eight eight fifteen, his eyelids was like ninety five pounds. <laughs> Bam! It was so hard to mm. keep the head up. It was, it was rough. Oh yeah. wow! But good times. Nice. Alaska's cool if you ever want to go. Actually, it's cold, but it's still, it's pretty good. You should go. Glad you're back. Wow. This week we are going to be talking about the year nineteen eighty eight. So we've been going through different years just random throughout the last several weeks and we're talking about news pop culture music whatever and uh that is what we are doing so we are going to start off right out of the gate with a little thing we like to call in the news this is where we get a news story from 1988 and we share it. It may not be the biggest news story of the year, but something we ran across that we feel is newsworthy. So we're going to start with Kevin. All right. April 23rd, 1988, a federal smoking ban was passed, which would not allow any smoking on flights of two hours or less. (laughs) That seems hard to believe that in 88... If yeah. it was more than two hours, you could still smoke. That's, that that is hard to believe. I can't imagine being on a plane for six, eight hours with the dude next to me just <laughs> sucking on a long dart. Oh, I thought you were going to say flying for six hours and not being able to light up a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but we've had a lot of drama on the air, you know, in the airplane since then. Should we bring back smoking? Maybe we'll relax. Maybe yeah. those are the people I'm, having the problems. I never I'm thought about it. Might as well have weed, too. I know. Oh, just saying. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> right on the skunks. I mean, everyone is <laughs> fighting and grumbling in the airs anymore. We're not smoking. Yeah, people trying to open up the... Did you see the door opened up in flight? <sighs> As they were laying in, they opened up the door. And the video, they're just going... <laughs> <laughs> did a person do it? Or did it just randomly open? No, a person Someone opened was it. trying to Someone open was it. trying to open the door, yeah. Why? And they probably uh, needed to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Can't have it blowing back. <laughs> right. That's right. Kind of ventilate. So, wow. Nice. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> Snowball. All right. 1988, the Winter Olympics were held in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. There's three things you need to remember. As Lance Storm would say. <laughs> yes, he would. Three things you need to remember from that Olympics. After 56-year absence, curling returned to the Olympics. Hmm. Nice. The second one would be... Ski jumper Eddie the Eagle from Great Britain became the first representative for Great Britain to appear in ski jumping. He finished last in both the 70-meter and 90-meter events. But in 2016, he had a movie based on his life that earned $46 million. That was a good movie, too. It was a good fun movie. It was fun. 
The third thing, nobody will ever forget, the Jamaican bobsled team made its debut. Yes. And then in 1993, the film Cool Running, starring John Candy, Candy was released. <laughs> so we always got to circle back to John Candy. So. so was there a movie about the curling coming back? There, there, was, there was no movie on the curling. <laughs> yet. Wow. They're not yet. Yet. They're running out of ideas in Hollywood, I'm pretty much. <laughs> wow. That writer strike the and everything, they're going to do something. Yes. You guys enjoy curling in the Olympics? I do. I love watching curling. Yeah. I love it. I, 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 don't... I remember being very intrigued the first year seeing that. You know, and, and I didn't see it, but I don't remember it in 88. But he was intrigued. But like, by like <laughs> the last you know, four yeah. or eight years ago, it seemed to get a little bit popular, mm-hmm. 12 years ago. And I remember thinking, what the crap? I, I used to it. think... That's an event that I still could probably compete mm-hmm. at. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All the you other ones, I'm too old. Those guys pretty much have our body types. Yeah, absolutely. So we could probably pull that off. We should put together a team. There a curling is a curling team. club it, here in Columbus. It, it happened right here. Right yeah. this moment, we decided. It shall be so. Let's go to the Olympics. Yes. We need a sponsor. Looking for sponsors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're reaching out to uh, Grandstand Pizza. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. What about you, Matt? Uh, 1988, we've got the the return of the space shuttle program. It, it, we remember in 86 when the Challenger exploded. Uh, it, that was kaput. There was no more travel. Um, and it was, we didn't know what was going to happen with the program. Two and a half year hiatus. And then it came back. And this, I, I think, I would imagine uh, a, a very nerve-wracking mm. launch and process. That would just be probably the most uh, tense a room would have been, you know, after what they just went through. So, yep. yeah, pretty big, you know, and obviously it's good stuff. So, mm. good. so my story, I've been sitting on this story waiting, just chomping at the bit. I to know tell you wouldn't share. Well, I know. I, I, would, tell, I wouldn't share when we were prepping. So, um... Do you guys remember the clothing store called Just Sweats? Yes. Yeah. So it was founded here in Columbus, and they expanded to go national. And so if you don't know what Just Sweats was, it was a... It was sweats. <laughs> it sweatpants, sweatshirts, t-shirts. But back in those days, it was pretty trendy. We'll talk about this in fashion. To, to wear sweatshirts of your favorite college or... Um, country and just all kinds of just random, really cool design sweatshirts. And they were super durable, too. So they were good quality, good price. Like, I had a pair of Just Sweat sweat, sweatpants for years. I even, like, cut them off to make them shorts at one point, still warm. I I still may have them. I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, they, were, they were a huge brand. So the story here is about its founder and co-founder, John Hawkins. So John Hawkins, 25 years old, he he starts this company. They're doing millions of dollars fairly quickly. And uh, John Hawkins actually was on the Just Sweats commercials, like the spokesperson. I'm just going to read this. This is from the Columbus Dispatch. Propelled by a series of seemingly ubiquitous TV commercials, all of which feature the wavy-haired, always-smiling entrepreneur, the chain's annual sales were approaching $10 million dollars which in 1988 money was a lot more than it is today. Uh, Would-be franchisees were lining up and major players in the athletic wear industry were looking to invest. Hawkins said the $1.5 million insurance scheme that landed him in prison initially seemed like an easy way for him 
and his business partner, Melvin Hansen, to get what each wanted. He was going to get all the money, and I was going to get his shares in the company. Their plan called for the heavily insured Hansen to fake his own death with the help of Hansen's physician, a California neurologist named Richard Boggs, so the insurance settlement would go to Hawkins, the sole beneficiary. The doctor would purchase a cadaver from a medical school or a teaching hospital, identify the body as my business partner, sign the death certificate, natural causes, and send the body to a mortuary. My role was to have the body cremated, scatter the ashes at sea, and collect the insurance money. Boggs, however, didn't buy a body. In April 1988, he picked up a man at a bar, suffocated him, and told the police that the man, supposedly Hanson, his patient, had died during a visit to his office. The patient was actually Ellis Green, who, by sheer coincidence, had grown up in Ohio. At that point, I pressed a panic button and ran, Hawkins said. They call it the Mad Cash Dash. I went around to all the banks in Columbus and got as much money as I could. Having withdrawn close to $400,000 from Just Sweat's accounts, Hawkins fled the United States and bought a sailboat so he could move easily from place to place. It was called Carpe Diem, Latin for Seize the Day. Hawkins partied almost nonstop, seeking the comfort of alcohol and women. He insists he wasn't trying to elude police so much as trying to escape the guilt he felt because of Green's murder. I was lost, really lost. After three years, Italian authorities, acting on a tip from someone who'd seen a segment about Hawkins on the Oprah Winfrey show, found the fugitive on his boat anchored off the Mediterranean island of Sardinia. Hansen and Boggs, who'd been arrested in 1989, were convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Boggs died in 2003 at age 69. Hansen, 72, is incarcerated at the California Men's Colony, a minimum and medium security facility in San Luis Obispo, according to California's inmate database. Hawkins was found guilty of fraud, theft, and conspiracy to commit murder. His prison sentence, 25 years to life. So, that's a true story. Why hasn't someone made a movie about that? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I remember the story. I kind of lost track after they were on the run and... You know, at that time, not found, and I had never heard the end of the story. Hmm. Dude, I've never it. heard any of that yeah. before. Me neither. Not that I remember. I, mean, I remember the story. Oh, that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't remember. <laughs> to help oh, overcome crazy. the loneliness of incarceration, Hawkins got involved in a program designed to help troubled teens. He described it as an opportunity to give back and make amends. It also helped him secure his early release in March 2012. While he's thrilled to be free, Hawkins said adjusting to life outside prison has been challenging at times. He had to learn to use a computer. His mother had to talk him into getting a cell phone. 18 months passed before he went on a date. Hawkins now spends each part of his day at a beach near the RV park, basking, he said, in the seemingly infinite space and freedom the ocean represents. He also makes time to speak to any school that will have him, doing his best, he said, to steer young people away from the bad choices he made. Long story short, kids. <laughs> yeah, oh, thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, buy the dead body. Yeah, don't. That, that's the motto right there. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, that is true. Hmm. So. That is a crazy story. That should mm-hmm. be a movie, and it's got to be a podcast somewhere. I mean, oh, obviously, it, we're talking about it. I bet but it is. That should be a. Probably a true crime podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Crazy, look it up. crazy, crazy. All right, so those are our news stories for 1988. There you go. And we will we are going to be right back, and we're going to dive right into everything else, beginning with fashion. So 
hang tight. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Spotify for Podcasters for providing this platform, as well as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out in our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. The best that we remember. <laughs> Pause. Pause for something. All right, we're going to get this right into fashion. But before we do, we want to announce this week's Fan of Fanboy of the Week. Yes. Lynn Erickson. Lynn! Lynn. All right. All right. He is a, uh, he's a doctor, chiropractor in Lincoln, Nebraska. So yes, for sir. all your chiropractic needs in Lincoln, <laughs> contact Dr. Lynn Erickson. Absolutely. There you go. Get to cracking. <laughs> got, got to know Lynn over the last couple weeks. Really, really neat guy. Uh, he's going to make some kind of an appearance here on a podcast in the near future. So stay tuned for that. That. Very cool. And Matt, for the Class record, the podcast a little bit. he doesn't crack backs. He adjusts them. Okay, okay. Get to adjusting. <laughs> GCP. You know, there, was, there was a chiropractor in Washington Courthouse. Uh, there's two of them. One was Dr. McCracken, and oh, the other my. was Dr. Crush. Oh, wow. Really? That was the two. Were they in the same practice? No. Different people competing, oh. you know, just hmm. your basic chiropractors. Great names. <laughs> they walk into the they walk into the old skyscraper diner. Yeah. Oh, cracking, crush. Good wrestling names too. They are. Oh yeah, crush and cracking. Yes, nice tag team. <laughs> All right, so Snowball, start us off. Tell us what we need to know about fashion in 1988. 1988. It would be the end of my freshman year and beginning of my sophomore year in college. To give you a little perspective of where I'm at. And the famous line, are those bugle boy jeans? Yes. Would make an appearance in the wardrobe. So, Mm -hmm. very popular. Also, that's about the time started tight rolling, 87, 88. So, that was still popular. Wore my dime loafers, and I said goodbye to the mullet. And hello to the ankle bracelet. And hello to the ankle bracelet. You don't even want to know how my hair was after the mullet. So, you went from super manly mullet man... To an effeminate little girly boy with an ankle <laughs> bracelet. Is, is, that, is that what I'm getting that's here, guys? I think that's what, what I'm hearing. You, you want to know <laughs> about the hair? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, all right. I used to call it the crooked bowl. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine if you would, I had a bowl on my head and I tilt it and I'd shave up the one side and then really low on the other. So shave it up really high on the right side, kind of angle it. And shaving it down. Kind of like the Bobby Brown Gumby thing. <laughs> so you 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 named your haircut? Yeah. I just, okay. I called it the Crooked Bowl. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Have you ever named a haircut, man? I have never you, named a haircut. Uh, we don't have what do you either. call that job you got going on right now? I, I, okay. Okay. There's probably names out there for well, it. That's I, from him riding the mini bike. That was going so fast. Yes. Yeah. Pushed it up. This is the, the 50, Honda 50. <laughs> It's the 50. Yeah. Love it. 
Any other fashion no, things that we no. should know about? Um, if you remember the Bugle Boy jeans, they were very baggy in the thigh, very tapered in the ankle. Yes. Kind of like, uh, you know, how you would describe the pleat. It was like an inward pleat. Yes. <laughs> it was kind of... Yeah, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll tack on right mm-hmm. there. The, the jeans were kind of... Uh, <clears throat> Snowball and I are the same age, so we were, you know, doing the college thing early in the college years. There, um, was there a type of jean that was really, really big and baggy? I want to say, I know it's not Cavarici, but is a name for it, that type of jean? It's just MC Hammer pants. Had a pair of those. I, had, I didn't have a pair of those, but they, they were the denim. But they would, and they would be like tight, and, yeah, and they I know would what go you're down, about. and then like almost like where your pockets would be. Then they get real poofy. Yeah. Then they go down to a tight ankle. I didn't own those. Are these mom jeans that he's talking Dude, about? They, <laughs> they are. These are no. These are. Very... Do they have a big spandex strap <laughs> on the front? Those are maternity <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, if I saw a pair, I probably would have worn them. Um, no, th- these were. There was a name. I want to say that like Cavarici or something again. But that style, mm-hmm. I had. I had several pairs. And then the top where you would button up there. They would fold down. Bam, yes. Bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then, and then never had them. Yeah. And then there was the belt loops. Sometimes you could have like two belt loops, like a double. You ever? I, oh well, yeah. I didn't yeah. own them, but yeah. I know them. So so those, those jeans. I had a couple pair of those. Thought that was kind of cool. And then um, I'm trying to remember. I know in high school we did like the you know had that knit tie and then the 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 leather skinny tie. Mm-hmm. I was trying to oh, think yeah. in '88 if I Bolo. was done. The bolo. You're doing the bolo. We, I, I rocked yeah, the bolo. We were, we were You're right that. about that. Or a tie bar. Tie, tie bar. bar yeah, absolutely. And if it wasn't a tie bar, which we thought was so cool, then you had some shirts had that little fabric that you would just snap. Oh, yes. under oh yeah, underneath the tie. Yeah, it's yeah. like the built in tie bar. It's yeah. kind of cool for when you wanted to dress cool. up, I guess. So those are some pretty. And I and I wore, uh, I had a, which I thought was so cool, um, these white um, leather. Loafers, kind of a thing. They were loafers. Kind of. I had the black pair of loafers with my dime in them. Okay. I had those, but I also had a pair of white. They were leather shoes, but they weren't. They, there was no like a laces. Rare, like a super soft leather. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't laced or nothing. But uh, hmm. I remember in, in warm with no socks. There was. Like, oh, I remember, yeah, there was yeah, yeah, Not yeah. much sock wearing. So if the, you look yeah. at pictures of Don Johnson from Miami Vice Correct. days. He's yes. probably wearing those yes. in some of those picks. And investing a lot in foot powder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 there was, I, I guess, a lot of socks. A lot of not socks. Clarifying. Um, I think I was probably on the tail end. I, I think when I started He's college. on the rat tail end of it. No, I, no rat tail. I never rat tailed it. But I did. I think I was ending the mullet phase probably in 88, 89. Okay. That's when it was Rob still has this today, so we don't need to ask him. We don't need to ask him. For those him. who haven't yeah. seen him before. <laughs> if it grows, it flows. <laughs> there it is. How about you, Kevin? I was still wearing the mullet haircut. As most people were. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I remember being Maybe in your women. wedding that year. And, you know, Looking back at the wedding pictures, you know, I've got... It's clearly over top of my yeah top tux collar. You, you so. and Ronnie V and and my brother Mark all had spectacular mullets for the event. Fan, Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. I had I had kind of trimmed mine up a bit for the wedding. So aside from the mullet, I had I think officially retired the sailor hat. Sort of like you you know retired your barrel at sea. Yeah, I had started dating <laughs> Diana that year, and I think it was time for me to grow up and. Well, didn't you bloody it up, and then she got you a new one? That is true. <laughs> that's that's when she was my 
Well, yeah, that was when we were kind of just starting to date, but, you know, May of 88, it was official. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. It was serious, so I had to not wear the sailor hat. I, 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 I think I just needed an excuse to quit wearing official. it. It was official. Official. Who declared So, that? in <laughs> those days, I was, you know, still wearing basic Levi's um, and a good figure, but I was also... Because I was dating a girl who I ended up marrying, she's dressing me at this point. So hmm. I started wearing Thank like God. like. <laughs> I was always fairly fashionable. Here we go. Fairly, I didn't go over the top. You're gonna see pictures of me that look like a broken trend from that six month period. <laughs> Stay pretty pretty steady. But I was wearing things from Limited Express mm-hmm. for men. Uh, so I, I had some Limited Express jeans, sweatshirts, uh, dress shirts, a lot of that kind of thing. Rocking the bolo tie. I remember having these bass shoes, brown leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very trendy at that time. I remember wearing those a lot. And uh, got a lot of stuff from Just Sweats. <laughs> yes, of course you did. <laughs> so that was, that was my fashion. So, yeah, I didn't look like a fashion disaster in later pictures. Kind of kept myself up a little bit. All right, what about memorable non-fashion trends of 1988? What comes to mind? Well, Prozac was approved by the for medical use in 1988, so a lot of happy people. Shiny. So to this day, a lot of Prozac use, but that's when it all started, 1988. I did not realize that. I, I, I noticed that on the, the notes. I thought that's when that's the beginning of probably a lot of happier marriages. Probably <laughs> if, if it's like if it was a graph of when things maybe got better. And the divorce of, rate went way down that year. <laughs> probably we need to check into that. <laughs> beginning of Prozac. What else, you guys? What other trends? Anything come to mind? I got a couple. I got the the little little okay. trim, more of a toy fun stuff, but the Koosh Ball came out in nineteen. Did it really? Did not know that. That was a good that, invention. That's the, not not the hacky sack, but the Koosh Ball, little spiky little, little rubber 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 bandy things. That, yeah. um, it ended up getting like you know uh, flung at people and it's uh, just kind of toss it around the room. Toss it around, way down. Yeah. Tossing Koosh, way down. Yeah. Kind of a stress like reliever ball. of yeah. sorts. It was like the the original uh, fidget yeah, toys. Kind of yeah. was. Yeah, squish it and roll it around. Yeah, kicking a couche, right? See that? Nineteen eighty-eight. Nice. It's good. So I would say things I discovered here: micro machines came out in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the number one board game of nineteen eighty-eight was Pictionary. Oh, I love Pictionary. So Pictionary is a lot of fun. I remember back yeah. then because now. You know, I'm getting married, so I'm hanging out more with my married friends, and mm. so we're playing board games. Oh. And Pictionary was oh, yes. was very, very prominent. It was a lot of fun. I know you guys all remember these. Remember the starting lineup action figures? Oh yeah, athletes. Those came out in 1988. Mm-hmm. Got so, Johnny Bench and a Mary Larkin. I've got a Steve Young one. All right, uh, let's move on to favorite TV shows. Matt, won't you give us a top five TV shows of 1988, and then uh, we'll go around the circle and talk about what our favorite was. The top five TV shows in 1988, we'll start with number five. We'll kick off of, of Always is on there, 60 Minutes. That seems like that's always on the top. Every year. I watched Every. it last Sunday. There it, it is. It was an interesting. It sent us a video. Yes, I did. Yes, yes you did, actually. You did. <laughs> wow. 
Okay. It's worth gotten old. Go on. Okay. Number four was Cheers. Number three, A Different World. Number two, Roseanne. And the number one show in 1988 was No Brainer, The Cosby Show. So, Matt, what was your favorite? Well, I mean, being honest back then, probably was Cosby Show. I mean, picking a low-hanging fruit, but I mean, uh, you know, we didn't, had no reason to not love Bill Cosby back then. That's right. Loved that guy. Every week, that and was, he was, that was the show everybody funny. watched. Yeah. Everybody I mean, watched him. No no shame in the 88 adoration. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 1988 Bill Cosby, we liked We loved that guy. Yeah. How about you, Kevin? Uh, for me, it was The Wonder Years. Mm. Oh, good, good one. show. Good so, show. Yeah. Um, flashing back to the uh, late 60s, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vietnam's going on. Uh, just I don't know. Plus, his name was Kevin. I just, there it is. I could relate. You gravitated I could relate, yeah. 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 Good show. But you might. Well, I'm sure we were all watching this television special. It was the Irving Berlin's 100th birthday celebration. Oh, I remember. How, how do we not forget? You know, they had performers such as... Frank Sinatra, Willie Nelson, Michael Feinstein, Tony Bennett, Ray Charles, Rosemary Clooney. Good. I mean, what a night. What a lineup. <laughs> what were you really watching in 1988? <laughs> Married with Children. <laughs> All right, there it is. Yes. Great show. Yeah, that was a great show. Great show. But you, Rob? For me, Cheers. Cheers. That was yeah. my show back then. Yep. Uh, but I, I, in case someone else said it, I had in the queue a different world. So Family Ties had just gone off the air. Yeah. It was replaced with Different Worlds, spinoff from The Cosby Show. Uh, Dwayne Wayne. Yeah. Whitley and Whitley, Denise yeah. Huxtable. Her voice, man. Oh, so like fingernails voice. and a chalkboard. Yeah. I was watching a video thing. I was looking for something for the podcast and ran across some clips of her, of the show, and all oh my, she was so annoying. Why didn't they change her voice up a little bit over the years? Kind of... <laughs> Mature her a little bit. Yeah, mature a little bit. All right. Next, we are going to go into the top five movies of 1988. Snowball. All right. Starting from five to one. Absolutely. Crocodile Dundee. Two. Number four, Big. Number three, Good Morning Vietnam. Number two, Coming to America. And number one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hard to believe Roger Rabbit beat those other ones out, but sure is. So, what was your favorite? My personal favorite actually would have been uh, Bloodsport. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite, open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner. Now I will break you. Martial arts sensation Jean Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport, the true story of the ultimate champion. Of course, the number ten movie Blood of the sport. year yes. was that Jean Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal? That would be Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes, yes. Frank Du. <laughs> Something like that. Is that the one with like the roided up Asian that's in? Yes. It? Did you see? A, I saw a picture of them both. Recently, yeah. like he looks bad. Yeah, he don't look he's not on roids anymore. I don't think. No, great he's movie. Thin. Can't beat the epic scene where you know he's blinded and he still wins. Great movie. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Ogre was in it. Can't of course, for, if Ogre's Ogre. in it, it's going to be Academy Award winner. <laughs> it's got to be great movie. A lot of action. So, Matt. Well, I mean, 
I ain't gonna lie, I was very intrigued with who framed Roger Rabbit. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be, Mr. Valiant? Have you tried Walla Walla? Cucamonga? I hear Kokomo's very nice this time of the year. I'm surprised you're not more cooperative, Mr. Valiant. A human has been murdered by a tomb. Don't you appreciate the magnitude of that? Very uh, <coughs> really? No, I know. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it kind of was because I, I always had an affinity to the cartoons. I, I love cartoons, and I thought it was so cool that they were mixing cartoons with real-life people, and, you know, the movie was the movie, and, you know, whatever. But, yeah. but I did remember thinking how cool that was. Um, maybe I had some thoughts about, uh, you know, what was her name? The Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. I mean, that, that you know, that's... Um, <laughs> It's another podcast, but but that was uh, I would just I like that how they introduced that and, and it didn't obviously take off. It wasn't a lot of movies uh, afterwards like that, but I think one of the memorable movies to me, uh, besides some of the comedies that came out, was, was Rain Man came out. Rain mm. Man was great. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Duncan. that was that was great. I mean, how many quotable? You love that? Oh, how, how many? But how how quotable was that movie? Oh, you know very I mean? very. I'm definitely not wearing my underwear. What are you talking about? I gave you a fresh pair of mine this morning. Not my underwear. My boxer shorts have my name and it says Rain. Well, all right, all right, all right. When we pass the store, we'll pick you up a pair of boxer shorts. I get my boxer shorts at Kmart in Cincinnati. Who created the music for that movie, by the way? I think Hans Zimmer did. Hans Zimmer, yes, he sure did. There he goes. <laughs> so tell us about Hans Zimmer just a second there, Mike. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Well, a lot of people, at least today, know him as kind of the guy that does all the uh, music for all the hit movies. But back in 1983, 2 AD, 80, 79, 80. Are we talking when the song was made? Okay. Yeah. He created a song, Video Killed the Radio Star. So he was the uh, keyboardist in that song. Yeah. The first song on MTV. But yet he kind of morphed into the uh, ultra mega movie music guy yeah they said he's done over 150 films yes and most of them epic blockbusters mm -hmm. pirates of the caribbean rain man batman i mean you name it mm -hmm. he's done them yeah rain man but was his first not, not he... batman but dark knight yes the batman was danny elf yeah. yeah pretty awesome kevin my movie would be the naked gun they can't kick you off the force frank it's just not fair i know ed life isn't always fair just think, the next time I shoot someone, I could be arrested. Hey, look at that, the missing evidence in the Kellner case. He was innocent. He went to the chair two years ago, Frank. Yeah, Naked Gun. So there was a TV show, I think in the early 80s, called Police Squad. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of ahead of its time with, with that humor. And But but then with the success of Airplane, you know, it's like people were kind of coming around to that kind of humor. And so they used a lot of those jokes right from that show into uh, The Naked Gun, which was awesome. O.J. Simpson was in it. Amazing He's actor. so lovable. <laughs> we loved him in, in 1980. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Priscilla Presley was in it. That's yeah. right. Yes, she was. So, uh, Ricardo Montalbano. <laughs> yes. And, of course, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> yes. And the Queen. Well, and the really. Queen. Not yeah. really the Queen, but the, yeah. And the Queen. She made it. Did look exactly like her, though. It looked a lot like her. Uh, mine would be Die Hard. Welcome to Los Angeles. Have a very Merry Christmas. So, uh, your lady live out here? About the past six months. Why'd you come with her, man? What's up? 
I'm a New York cop. Can't just pick up and go that easy. You can walk out of here or be carried out, but have no illusions. We are in charge. I thought I told all of you I want radio silence. Sorry, I didn't get that message. Mayday, terrorists have seized the Nakatomi Plaza. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Crank call. Check the area confirmed. Welcome to the party, pal! Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee guy. You hang in there. Come on to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Mmm. Yes. Oh, so that's a great Christmas movie. That, <laughs> <laughs> that movie never gets old to me. So, talk about a quotable movie. Yep. Very quotable. One of the best action movies of all time. Just absolutely love it. You guys have other movies that are absolutely epic to you? Bull Durham. Yes. Number 33 movie that year. Kevin Costner, Susan Strandon, Tim Robbins. Robbins. I got um, Cocktail. Love that movie. Always have. Call it a guilty pleasure. I don't care. Elizabeth Shue was in it for two hours. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Also got on here, Johnny B. Good. Johnny B. Good. That was a good movie. It's, 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 that was it good. <laughs> it was good. It was a I, I watched it recently. Well, it's probably good for us at the time. 1988. Yes. How in the world good. is Robert Downey Jr. playing second fiddle to Anthony Michael yeah. Hall? was <laughs> not. Well, maybe because he was... I mean, they made Anthony Michael Hall look like an athletic person. I mean, he, he's taller, so that kind of made it a little bit easier. But, yeah, he... They made us believe that the geek from the Breakfast Club was a was the most sought after high school quarterback in the country. <laughs> but anyhow, it was a good movie. Uma Thurman had her acting debut in that movie, and it's, I liked it. How about Heather's? Heather's, yeah, that was a good one. It's a great one. Yeah, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Heather Thomas and Heather Locklear. No, oh. no. <laughs> nice dark comedy. We were introduced to Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, yeah. 1988 was the beginning of The Little Doll with a Knife, uh, who still gets some airplay today. Yes. I remember seeing Child's Play in the theater and thinking, holy crap, this is yeah. actually kind of scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any other movies come to mind? Ooh, got a nice little Young Guns. Young Guns. Oh, very good. That movie. was great. Good soundtrack. Movie. Yeah. Good cast. I, I like Young Guns a lot. I watched that probably about a year or so ago. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. I mean, I'd seen it before, but um, coolest celebrity of 1988. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He had two movies that year, so he he had had a nice steady rise throughout the 80s, and uh, but he had Red Heat that year, and he also had Twins. That was the first time he actually did a comedy and showed he could actually you know pull it off so nice and you got Tom Cruise Tom doing, Cruise yeah doing yeah. Rain Man and Cocktail I mean it's I'm sure that guy made some money that year I'm mm-hmm. thinking he probably did pretty good alright yeah got you Michael Bruce Willis of course because he was mm-hmm. at the Nakatomi Plaza yeah that is and, true and he also won the uh, the Emmy Award for Best Actor in a Drama Series for Moonlighting that same year. Quite a year. Yeah, I, I, I considered him as my coolest dude. Yeah, but uh, instead I went with Bono. Mm. Bono. So U two was at the height of their powers at this time. Um, say what you want about him, he was the guy 
back then. Like he was cooler than the other I side of the pillow. Him. Did he have a mullet? Uh, by this time, he did not. Ah, he had he had longer hair, but he had he got rid of the mullet shortly after Live Aid. Mm. So, uh, I also put my second runner up here is Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, Boulder. Yeah, yeah. definitely watching yeah. that. So Stratosphere. All right, we are going to take another time out, and we're going to come right back talk about all about the music. Stay tuned. Shall we play a game? Hi, I'm Joel McLaughlin, the most excellent host of Living in the Retro Arcade. If you're into video games from the 70s through current day, this is the show for you. We'll talk about technical aspects of the games as well as memories, the best that we can remember them. That's Living in the Retro Arcade, available on all popular podcast platforms. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We are in our last segment now where we are going to be talking all about the music of 1988. I don't feel it was a bad year. It's not as strong as some of the other years, but there's plenty of, of good music here that we're going to share with you. So we are going to share some good music. Mm. Are, are we? Are yes. We? Oh, we Snowball, are I don't even know. I, I I'm, can't wait to hear what you come up with. <laughs> yeah. So, Kevin, why don't you tell us what the top five songs were in 1988? Okay, number five was Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Number four was Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Number three, Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison. Number two was Need You Tonight by NXS. And number one was Faith by George Michael. So you're, you're not a fan of Rick Astley? No, <clears throat> I know that song was number one around the entire world, but that's not on my list. But but it is 1988 was the beginning of the Rickroll. I mean, that's it one was, of the most famous was. things the it last is. few years is the old Rickroll. Yeah, start right here. Yeah. Brooke saw a video of him one day. She had heard the music. She had heard me play. You know, if she anytime she's in the car with me, there's '80s music on. So right. she's heard a lot of his songs. And when she saw a video, she goes, "That's the guy that sings." <laughs> <laughs> I think His everybody pretty voice much did does not that. match that body, does it? He sounds like Michael McDonald. Yeah, yeah. I could I could hear him doing some Doobie Brothers too. Yeah, but he looks like Howdy Doody. He sure does. So, Kevin, if you were to pick a favorite song of 1988, what would it be? It would be "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses. I went down to Riverbend in 1988, and uh, I went with Bill Marchand and yeah. uh, Brad Yuska. Oh, I like those guys. And yes. Guns N' Roses opened up for Aerosmith, and we all went down 
to see Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're out afterwards. Did like the place empty out when Guns N' Roses got done? <laughs> it didn't, but it, it. I mean, Aerosmith did great, but Guns N' Roses, I think, blew them away. So, you know, I got to see them in concert that year with their big um, debut album, and uh, that that's one of my favorite songs off of that album. Mike, are you ready? No, oh, oh boy, this is good stuff. This is the best song of 1988. <sighs> Bring it. It takes two. Rob Bass and DJ EZ Rock. Oh my. What is. What do you have a mind about? That was awesome. When you first started going to the clubs, I'm in college, I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore. That was the jam. When I think of good songs, that doesn't come in my top five thousand. <laughs> well, it should. Well, so I, I, think it, I think I think that song's okay. I, I wouldn't call it my favorite song, but it, it's an okay song. I mean, it's it's upbeat. Okay. You know what? You, what you still hear them playing it like as background filler music on you know baseball games and things like that. So I mean, it was a popular song. Just didn't do it for me. How about you, Matt? Did you like it? I love that. Who don't love the song, right? Yeah. Is, it, is it your top 100? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was your favorite? That was my favorite song did in you 1988. Have a, did you have a set dance for this song? That was pretty much freestyle. With your that. sideways bull haircut and <laughs> getting down. <laughs> yep. Nice. My bugle boy jeans. Mm. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Matt? Um, I'm just looking through the list here of, of uh, some songs that came out in 1988. You know, normal prep here. And, uh, man, my, no, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at some of the groups I really like back then with Aerosmith and Bon Jovi. I'm going to go with Angel by Aerosmith. Not a bad song? Not a bad song at all. I mean, just, and, and not a bad group. And I thought at that time, and, and that time I thought Aerosmith were just, I mean, just cool. They're just cool. Cool's the other side of the pillow. No raw bass, but okay. Well, yeah, each their own. Each their own. There you go. That's my song. All right. My song for 1988 would be Need You Tonight slash Mediate by NXS. Love that album, Kick. I was an NXS fan for several years leading up to this, but that right there was uh, that was a really, really good song, and it really kind of put them up there. And if you're following on the Living in the 80s Facebook page, today I have that as my favorite number one song of the 1980s. What? Yeah. So. Wow. Are you kidding? Me? I'm not kidding. All ten years, Mr. Oh. 1980s can sum uh, up of no, of songs that hit number one. Not okay. my favorite song of the oh, 80s. The songs that hit number category. one. Okay. Yeah. So that was it. Kevin, why don't you tell us what was the worst song of 1988? 
I'm going to go with the one you introduced me to a year or two ago. Wow. That I don't remember from the 80s, but heard it on the radio one time. <laughs> were kind enough to tell me about it, and I've heard it multiple times since then, and it is so bad. And it's Superwoman by Karen White. That is bad. Yeah. (laughs) It was so bad, we did a podcast shortly after that of the worst songs of the 80s. It was inspired by that song. It was. (laughs) Because, I mean, the the dialogue that we all have on a very consistent basis, we've got this group text we have going on, and I heard this song, I'm like, Kevin, have you heard this? No, it's terrible. (laughs) And I don't know if him or me, I don't know who said it, but... That's an idea for a podcast. So that was ranked very high. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible. I had a feeling you would say that. So yeah, because you're a male chauvinist. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down with women. I'm, I'm There's sorry. no such thing as a superwoman. Sorry, no, <laughs> that's that not what I'm saying. Guilty pleasure. Then I apologize. For the record, I do like the song "I Am Woman" by Helen Reddy. So I'm not a male chauvinist. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. All right. Mike. All right. Well. This song, I, I can't stand. But it was probably the theme song when Prozac first started advertising. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Okay. <laughs> so why do you hate that song so oh, Just one of those songs. It's just kind of like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Maybe you Maybe should, I'm not a happy person. Maybe you maybe should I not like, worry. Maybe. Maybe you should I take like some Prozac. Maybe you should take some Prozac. Maybe, maybe I should. Yeah. I bet I'd like it, but I took some Prozac. Don't worry. Take Prozac. <laughs> You'll be happy. Yeah. All right, Matt. Uh, no, it, I want to preface because I mean I, I I like this group and and there's a part that I would even like this song, but when it came out, I just remember thinking that this song doesn't fit with this time. In the 80s. But, but uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. I, I like that song. I, I, it's really I, I, not I, a Beach Boys I'm boy not song. saying I don't like the song, and I don't say it, but I, I just, you know, with all like rock and roll and all this just cool sound in 80s music, all of a sudden playing all the time, you get this kind of, not, it's not a throwback. It's just, I don't know. I just didn't think the song fit. Hmm. It felt like a 50 song in the 80s, right? Yeah, but it, it, but it felt like it was really. Manufacturers really tried. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just, I enjoyed it. I ain't saying I was in cocktail. I don't know. I just, I thought it was really cool. There you go. Their harmonies are good. It's Beach Boys. Well, put it as your favorite song. In no, I wouldn't do all that. But okay, but all right. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Probably call in some it category, it is. <laughs> so, what I would call the worst song of 1988. Was hanging tough by New Kids there on the Block. There we go. Block. I knew somebody would go there. Oh my goodness! That hanging song tough. goes through me. Oh, it's awful. Did you dance to that song, Snowball? No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. That no. makes me feel Mike. so good. Stop. They, I don't so recall them ever playing that in clubs. I, I really don't. It was Stop. kind of what bad. I will say is there gum. were probably several mixtapes that had "It Takes Two and "Hanging Tough" probably back to back on them. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Two terrible songs. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. Just I'm saying. just saying. <laughs> All right. So uh, now we're going to go on to our favorite album 
1988. So the top five albums for 1988 were Bad by Michael Jackson was number five. Number four was Kick by NXS. Number three was Hysteria by Def Leppard. Number two was the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. And number one, just like the number one song of 1988, was Faith by George Michael. My favorite album of 1988 was Rattle and Hum by U2. This was a partial documentary, partial concert footage. It was, it was released in theaters. I remember going to see the, the movie in the theaters and just, I bought the album the day it was available and just listened to it a lot. A lot of the live versions of stuff from the Joshua Tree and some covers and, you know, it had B.B. King on there with them. And so I just, you know, at that time period, that was what I was really listening to. If it was today, it'd be a different one, but back then, that's what I was all about. Thank you, Kevin. I'm gonna go with OU812 by Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you prefer Sammy Hagar to David Lee Roth, or at least you say his vocal range is better, but is. I, I preferred the David Lee Roth days, but any time a Van, ha- Van Halen album came out, I was excited. Me too. So. Me too. What about you, Mike? All right. Open up and say, Ah, by Poison. Peaked at number two, was number 23 album for the year. Included great songs, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, Nothing But a Good Time, and Your Mama Don't Dance. That was a very popular album. It was. Yeah. The girl I was dating at the time, Kim, had that tape because she had me buy it for her. It was played very often in my car, so I had to listen to it a lot. Was not the biggest fan of it, but, you know, it wasn't terrible. I, I liked a lot of the songs. She just really burnt me out on them. So, but yeah, that's a good one. Matt. Well, I, I like to kind of throw in the old, the old Christian influence there from the songs. Uh, of course. <clears throat> that I listened to a lot back in that time. And there is a group called, which I'm sure none of you guys are hip to, but there's a group called Shout.
I remember the show. These dudes were awesome. I mean, this was like, this is just good, hard rock music. I've I, I referenced before the group Guardian. Uh, this is kind of in the same vein, just a nice, heavy. Uh, Ken Tamplin is the lead singer, and he's actually, little tie-in, is a cousin to Sammy Hagar, the little cousin. No kidding. No kidding. So nice little vocal chops in the family. But uh, th this album, it, it won't be long. Uh, fantastic. Come out in 88, saw them four or five times in concert. Uh, good stuff. Wow. Good one. There you go. You really you have the most obscure album, I think, this week. Bingo. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> you usually do, Matt. Thank you. It's because you delve so deep into I, well, music. I, it's, it's the research. <laughs> it's, it's the, the research. research. It's the research. I, I, I dig deep. All right. Now we're going to go with Guilty Pleasure. So here's a song. may not be in your normal wheelhouse. Your friends may make fun of you for listening to it, but you like it anyway. So, Kevin? I'm going to go Rick Astley. It would take a strong, strong man. <laughs> oh boy, I thought you were gonna never gonna give you up. Never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. No no no. That song was okay. That but, was good, but that was great. Was really but good. but the it would take a strong, strong man. Basically the lyrics sound like he's with a woman that's kind of like abusive to him, flirts with other people, but when he looks at her, he's like, I could just never give her up. So he, he he's like, it would take a strong man to let her go. wrote another song about her. Yeah. But, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that was that's my guilty pleasure. So. Oh, all right. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> all right, Snowball, I can't wait for this one. Okay. Well, I, I always felt like you created this category just so you can make fun of me. True. Not that you do No, we create all earlier. these categories to make fun of you. <laughs> So, my guilty pleasure of 1988 would be Naughty Girls Need Love Too by Samantha Fox. Yes! It's just a good public service announcement to let people know that the naughty girls need love too. It's not just the good girls who want to get married and no, settle down. The naughty the girls, girls want to do it too. Exactly. That's uh, that's good stuff right there. All right, Matt, what's your guilty pleasure? Um, I, I know that uh, this will make a few of you kind of upset. For my guilty pleasure, I was going to think, I was assuming you were thinking I was going to pull the Jody Watley out. You know, I thought you was, was going to pull a Jody Watley song, but I'm not. You're I'm not. not. I'm not going to go Jody Wally because I knew there was a song that, that you guys probably hate a lot. But, I mean, it's a good song. It's my guilty pleasure. What is it? She's like the wind, baby. Feel a breath in my face. Her body close to me. Can't look in her eyes. She's out of my league. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. She's like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> 
by Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yes. I mean, come on, don't, don't it just bring a little tear to your eye? No. I mean, no, just a little, really. little bit of tear to your eye. I mean, just when you watch the movie, I know you watch the movie, Snowball. Oh, yeah, I love the yeah, movie. Don't, love don't it just kind of choke Can't you Can't hate Dirty Dancing, but huh? not that song. That's, that's my guilty pleasure. Well, good for you, man. So, uh, my guilty pleasure has already been mentioned once today. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so that song came out. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I mean, I like Bobby McFerrin anyway. I had heard him before this song. Just, you know, the whole acapella, the, you know, body box thing, whatever he did. But the reason this is a guilty pleasure for me is I remember when my daughter Kayla was born, it was just as, just past this song. Uh, it had, you know, it had been a hit probably in the fall. She's born in November. So I remember it was like in the middle of the night and, you know, she was, she wasn't sleeping. You know, she's up, I'd feed her. And uh, had the music playing low, and, and I'm, I'm holding her, and I'm walking around the room trying to put her back to sleep, and that song comes on. And at that moment, I mean, not to be too whatever, but uh, it was just I just realized how blessed I was. And it's my daughter, it's my little girl. Here we are, and then this song's on, and it's just it kind of when that comes on now, it makes me think of my daughter. There so, you go. Yeah, I'm not so trying to make me so, feel so, bad. No, 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 no. The <laughs> fact that you hate it, you're not alone. A lot of people hate this song, but for me, guilty pleasure. Get that sentimental value, you know? It does. It does. What if Hanging Tuffy come on? What, what's that? <laughs> what if Hanging Tuffy come on? That might be your favorite song now. I might have dropped Kayla. <laughs> and ran out of the room. That's right. Oh, that's so, good. So uh, if, if it wasn't for that specific moment, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't think much about that song. I mean, I liked it. They did wear it out because it was played mm. everywhere, and the T-shirts were everywhere, and it's just every every place you went, that song was on. But at that moment, it was really cool mm. for me. So, and, and that surprises me that you like it because you know it's that's low hanging fruit, right? You know, is mm-hmm. that the right? Yeah. so um, it's it's impressive that you like that. Thanks. All right, our last topic would be the hidden gem. So this is a song, an album cut, a B-side. Something that uh, you may not, most people may not know. So I am going to start with Kevin. All right. Mine, this is one of my favorite songs of the 80s, actually. Punk Rock Girl by the Dead Milkmen. One Saturday I took a walk to zip her head. I met a girl there and she almost knocked me dead. Punk Rock Girl, please look at me. What do you see? Let's travel around the world. Yes! Uh, you actually had this, I think it was called a casingle. I did. And I would play it on the way to work and then flip it over and play it again, and I just kept playing it over and <laughs> over. I listened to it like five times on my way to work. Love that song. So tell us a story about I, I know you met the drummer? Yeah, I was at a conference in Washington, D.C., and we just, we just kind of randomly sat down at the tables for breakfast, and a guy sitting there was telling me how he 
plays drums and his son's learned how to play drums. And I didn't really follow up. I'm like, oh, okay, he plays drums, you know. And I thought maybe he's in some kind of local band or whatever. Later that night, we were all heading out, and I heard one of the one of the organizers of this conference say, uh, the drummer from the, or he's, no, she said, a member of the Dead Milkmen is at this conference. I'm like, I'm going to put two and two together. And so I saw him the next morning and said, can I ask you a question? I said, uh, were you the drummer for Dead Milkman? He's like, yeah, he just kind of sheepishly, yeah, yeah. I was like, I said, I gotta get my picture with you. And I was telling him <laughs> how, I said, I wore this cassette out. I said, I was at a Reds game a few years back and the organist was playing punk rock girl <laughs> over the, and I was like, this yes. is so, yeah, I got my picture. He's a really cool guy, so, yeah. about you, Snowball? Um, my hidden gem, it'd be uh, You Talk Too Much by Lonesome George Thoroughgood. There you go. Wow. What? Give, let's give it a listen. Late out in the afternoon, I start the napping. You walk into the room with some jaws flapping. You keep that motor mouth moving morning, noon, and night. You keep on talking, baby, make my hair turn white. You talk too much. Good song. Yeah. Good song. It's pretty cool. You I love some George Thurgood. 80s stuff to rock. I like I when it. I bring him a little something new yeah, that he's this, never heard before. Stuff, yeah. I appreciate it. There it is. I think it's the first time you've ever done it, but it's pretty Actually, cool. Actually, I've had several. He's oh, had right. a couple. He's okay. had a couple. He brings it. Okay. He brings it. Yeah. He, he he turned me on to a Michael Stanley song that I hadn't heard before, and it has become on one of my regular playlists. Carl Lewis singing the national anthems. That's, one of that's favorite that's versions <laughs> of the national anthems. No, there's anthem. hits and misses. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, Hidden Gems, obviously I'm going to jump back to some uh, Christian music because I know most of you have no no clue, but you could search this. Great song. Uh, And he's got a little secular tie-in, if you would. Uh, But Mark Farner used to um, be a member of Grand Funk Railroad. And uh, it's got several Christian albums out. But a song called Isn't It Amazing came out in 1988. Fantastic song. Duke and Will. Mm. Talk about a voice. Yeah. Absolutely. That guy can, that guy can just bring it. So. Good one. Nice little hidden gem. So mine, and not a super hidden gem, like if you listen to rock radio back in those days, you heard this song. If you listen to Top 40 radio, you probably didn't. So mine is going to be Tall Cool One by Robert Plant. Robert Plant, former Led Zeppelin lead singer, had some great solo work, 
and this is from his Now and Zen album, which I went back and listened through today in its entirety. That is a great one. I could have used White Clean and Neat. I didn't. Use this one. You actually had a hidden gem that I knew. What? Typically, he dives into King Tut's tombs yeah. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> wait, something out. wait till you hear the outfit song this week. <laughs> Good for really you, Mike. Yeah. I'm so proud of Kevin, you. I see that. I, I noticed you have this written down here. Yeah, I actually thought about having Now and Zen be my album. So. That was almost my album too. It's yeah. it's on here. I yeah. saw it on your list, and I went with OU812, and then you didn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really good album. Really good it's album. a great album. Like, there's not a bad song on it. Yeah. So and you know, I feel like out. we can't close out 1988 without mentioning the Matt Moore reference. In Information Society's What's on Your Mind. Oh, yes. That that was 1988. Pure Energy. What? Yeah. 19... What? 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 I'm lost. Wait, what? Huh? And you know how we call you Pure Energy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, that yeah. little blurb or that song? Yeah. Pure Energy. Pure Energy. Pure Energy. That's from that year. That's, that's from 1980. That's Leonard Nimoy at the beginning saying pure energy. And that... <laughs> He's Spock. Yeah. And that group that sings it that you would think is out of, like, Europe somewhere is from Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Home of Zantigo. Yes. Minnesota. I wore my Zantigo shirt yesterday. Oh, nice. I got some compliments. There you go. Yeah. Well, I got something a little special for us if you guys... If you don't mind me calling a little audible. We'll go right ahead. I know a cheerleader from 1988 who has a 1988 cheer that I'm betting she's willing to do live here on the radio or on the podcast. You You know what? There's no better way to close out a 1988 podcast than... Get her on the phone. 1988, no way. There's no way this is going to happen. She looked at the phone and saw it was you and just set it back down. <laughs> oh, this is great. I'm so glad you called an audible. <laughs> yes. Hi, honey. Hi. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, you're live on the podcast. Okay. This is good news. Hey, Misty. Hi, Misty. Hi, you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, they often imitated, never duplicated the wonderful Misty Moore. Hey, I was telling everybody about a cheer you have. Yeah. About the year 1988. Can you give us a little yeah. uh, sample? Of course, 1988. Like, we are classic Gen X, and we're kind of the best. And the cheer goes, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, 88, yeah. We're getting ready to have our 35th class reunion at wow. the, uh, towards the end of July, and it's going to be awesome. That's great. Ooh, good for you. That it is ends great. It's at 9 p.m. because we're old, and we all need to go home. <laughs> Heck yeah, we do. Very good. All right. Well, thank you for that nice little cheer. Very appreciated. Right. We appreciate it, Misty. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, you guys. Take care. Have fun. Thanks. Bye. See you. Bye.
Well, that was that was worth the wait. That was, was, worth, that was, that was more than you expected. That was way more. Now, did, now, do you guys remember? Did you do that in your pep rallies at school? Because we we did. No, that. I was graduated before '88 came around. Well, well, I mean, every class had their said their year. You know, '87, '87, '88. We didn't do that. And then '88 would go. You know, we went around. You know, every class would do it, and then the loudest one would get. The spirit jug, you know, and that's that's you know, mm-hmm. you want to win the spirit jug mm-hmm. filled with moonshine, but that's the story. <laughs> and but, spit, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, oh. so she took me back to pep rallies right there. Oh, that was good, good stuff. Thank yes. you, Misty, for that trip Thank down you. memory lane. So, in light of all of the editing that I do week after week after week, <laughs> you guys have no idea it takes me two hours to edit a one hour podcast. <laughs> So, with that in mind, our outro song this week from 1988 by the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Guys, thanks. Take care. We'll see you next week talking all about 1982. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know?